Take that, Putin. Take that. My Azovs will kill you. You put them there. And all the Putin troops are dead, Daddy. This is how you win the war. This is how you win. You get me? Watch and learn, Daddy. Then you put your Azovs there and you win. Good what son. These two what guys about my Azov troops? What happened to them? Not looking too good. That's Private Jenkins and Private Kenny. They got killed. Private Jenkins has a baby girl that was born seven pounds six ounces. He's never seen her. He wanted to get back to Bluebell, Pennsylvania, and hold her. Private Kenny's wife is mighty sick. She has something called a brain aneurysm. You mean an aneurysm? Private Kenny needs to get back safe and take care of her. people look at me like that. Stop looking at me. Tell me, son. Have you been taking my white powder I left on the table? Tell me the truth. Oh, my God. Is it okay if I look back now, Cole? Tap once for no and twice for yes if you want. AJ, I'm here to take you through some of the news articles today. Sorry to show you that clip of Six Sense in the beginning. It just completely reminded me of um, nine-year-old son of Zelensky giving his father advice on military matters. And those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, his uh, Zelensky's wife has confirmed that Zelensky has been taking uh, military advice from his son, from his nine-year-old son. And no wonder the Ukrainian army is a shambles and no wonder so many of them are dying. So it's a shame if that's really, really happening. It's a real shame. Anyway, I want to talk about Boris in the beginning. Boris actually turned up on the Queen's Jubilee and he turned up outside uh, St. Paul's Cathedral and it's absolutely ridiculous as as the crowd actually booed Boris to death there were so many people booing and it's all over the British papers it's all over the news how Boris was getting booed he was absolutely hilarious guys and I was just laughing my head off when I saw it he was walking with his wife his wife looked really embarrassed as well <laughs> and Boris was walking along like he didn't have a care in the world. He was like, you know, walking like he's a bad boy. And I just found it absolutely hilarious. And if people don't get rid of him soon, the Tories are going to lose the election really, really badly. And this guy is bringing the country down. And it's good. It shows us there are people out there who are wise enough to know what this guy is doing to the country and how this guy is destroying the country He's, he cares more about Ukrainians than he cares about British people. And I just hope um, this is a wake-up call to the rest of the 
government and somehow they just get rid of him. I don't know how, but they, they should get rid of him. But to be honest, there really isn't any good replacements. Uh, if they get rid of him, they'll put, probably put somebody like Liz Truss in there who is even worse. So I'm, I'm not really sure really what the best solution is. There really isn't anyone in power in UK who can lead the country. The only person I really respect, um, who I want the country to be led by is George Galloway. But I know people are not going to allow that. Um, he was an, an MP once upon a time. Uh, the powers in UK are not going to allow anybody like that uh, to be in power. So it's a shame the people who actually would do good for the country uh, would would never be in power because of the powers behind the scenes. And I'm talking about, you know, there are lobbyist groups, there are people from America um, having that have a lot of say in who becomes the next Prime Minister. So um, it's a shame really, it's a real shame. So let's move on. So Macron has recently come out and said, do not humiliate Russia. Because he wants uh, Russia and Ukraine to sit uh, at the negotiation table, uh, come up with the peace talks. So the fact that he says don't humiliate Russia, he's been absolutely grilled by the Ukrainians. He's also been grilled by the British media. He's also been grilled by the US media as well. And you can see here, Ukraine's foreign minister hit out at French President Emmanuel Macron after he said that his vital was Russia was not humiliated over its invasion. So, you can see how the West is changing their tune now, and especially leaders like Macron. He's, he's looking at what's happening around the world. He's looking at how you know, the ruble is strengthening, the EU is starting to go down, and it, and EU needs to look at, you know, basically a peace deal. Because if things continue as they are, you are looking at EU going back into the dark ages and Russia is not going to be supplying gas or oil to the EU and you can see EU really really suffering when it comes to winter so Macron is obviously starting to kind of change his tune starting to kind of be more friendlier towards um, Russia and Putin and he obviously wants a peace deal he wants to uh, get all of this over and done with uh, because nobody wants to see this war ongoing and it's going to be bad for Ukraine it's going to also going to be really really bad for Europe and Macron sees that unfortunately the rest of the EU doesn't seem to go along with this tune um, apart from obviously Orban from Hungary but we will see how this develops um, obviously you can see a big change in how um, leaders are looking at the Ukraine issue at the moment and and especially the public, the public are bo completely bored of it. They're not even interested in what's happening in Ukraine anymore. They have more urgent issues. They have cost of living crisis to think about and other things to think about. So they don't really care about what's happening in Ukraine, to be honest. And I think Macron is one of the first um, leaders who is actually trying to change his tune and trying to see what can be salvaged from whatever's happened so far. So Russia threatens, threatens to strike the West if Ukraine hits it with US rockets. So as you know, Biden has sent um, US rockets to Ukraine. Ukraine gave assurances apparently that they're not going to strike Russia. However, 
they did come up with a statement saying that um you know Crimea is not part of Russia so they might strike Crimea and obviously Russia's not very happy about it um so if these rockets do strike Crimea and do strike Russian cities I really really think that this could escalate really really badly and it could drag the west it could drag NATO and it could drag um, the USA into a war that they do not want they do really do not want to fight the Russians because things will escalate very badly and it's not going to be good for themselves either. It's not going to be good for Europe, it's not going to be good for NATO and it's not going to be good for USA if they start a war with Russia. Things will escalate very fast and even it could even um, head to nuclear war. So let's hope this does not happen. Um, the US is only sending about four long-range weapons I believe. And as you know, a lot of these weapons get destroyed on their way to the front line. Um, probably half of them get destroyed on the way to the front line because the infrastructure is not there. They can't really send it by a rail. Uh, the rail infrastructure is destroyed. Uh, they can't send it by air. So the only way to do it is by um, by road. And these will be picked out by satellite very, very easily, especially when you're carrying them in massive trucks and massive lorries. And the Russians will look at that with the, with the satellite images. And any, any large lorries traveling through Ukraine long distances, they know there's going to be weapons in there. So they would be taken out very, very quickly. So good luck to Ukraine to see if they can actually take this to the front line. But even if they do somehow and they do attack Russian cities, it's going to be really, really bad news for them. And they will be there will be huge escalations in this war if that happens. There is a lot of bad news for the German economy and also very bad news for the German people. And you can see here, half the population can no longer afford their former lifestyles. Nearly half of the German citizens cannot maintain their former lifestyles amid record inflation, Bloomberg has reported on Friday. And you can see here, this is really bad news for the German people and the economy. And it's going to get worse, guys. It's going to get much, much worse as the inflation is rising higher. Um, all of these embargoes and all of these sanctions they put on Russia will start to hit over the next few months. And especially before winter... And when it comes to winter, things will be really, really bad. You will see gas prices, oil prices going through the roof. A lot of Germans won't be able to afford it. Same thing's happening in UK and other places in Europe as well. And Germany is very much dependent on oil and gas because Germany's main energy is gas. Um, they have got rid of most of their nuclear plants, um, they don't really use much coal so gas is the main way of them powering up the country so I can really see Germans um, really suffering over the next few months and it could get worse by the winter uh, so we will see how that progresses if things weren't bad enough for Germany they are now destroying their trade relationship with China as you can see from this title Germany politicizing trade issues brings risks to the economic ties with China. So the new government, Scholz and Baerbeck and all of these um, green guys, have completely gone towards um, the United States, to, to, towards their master. 
Um, they are destroying their own economy. Um, they are placing all of these sanctions which are shooting themselves in the foot. Not only that, they are also destroying their relationships with, with China as well. China is their biggest trade partner and a lot of German businesses make a lot of money in China. Uh, we're talking about car companies and many uh, great German uh, companies and there's a lot of them you know there's a lot of high technology German companies they make a very very good profit in China so um, so don't take my word for it as you can see from this article as painful as costly as Germans wake up to its energy dependence on Russia was German economic ties with China are far tighter and more intensive for example one of their major companies Volkswagen uh, they are basically tightening down on Volkswagen and because Volkswagen has uh, factories in Xinjiang, uh, they are accusing China of forced labor and stuff like that. But the thing, but the um, Volkswagen CEO has actually come to, def to the defense of China. Uh, he said that there is no forced labor happening. It's all made up by the USA. And uh, this is confirmed by the UN human rights expert who actually went to Xinjiang just very recently. And she's found no evidence of forced labor as well. No evidence of genocide. And all of these claims are basically lies made up by the US, uh, just, just because they want to kind of push, push China down, um, trying to basically get these companies not, um, working in China, especially in the Xinjiang area. And it's basically for geopolitics. They're just making these um, ridiculous claims up. So the CEO has actually, CEO of Volkswagen has actually come up and said there is no forced labor, there is no uh, genocide happening in Xinjiang. But the German government is actually not listening. Um, they are basically following the US line, uh, pretty much following the US blindly. They are affecting uh, not only their own economy, but their future as well. So I'm going to go back to this article. And one of the things that this article also mentions is Germany's goal of phasing out fossil fuels. So they're trying to phase out fossil fuels because of Russia. But to do that, they need to add more solar panels. And you can see they're trying to add more solar panels. And one of the most important co commodities in solar panels is polysilicon. At 40% of it is made in China. So if they basically... You know, if they have issues with um, human rights with China and they stop buying goods from China, especially from Xinjiang, and 40% of polysilicon comes from Xinjiang, so they're going to basically shoot themselves in the foot again. So they can't get fossil fuels from Russia and they can't get polysilicon from China. So pretty much uh, Germany will be stuffed following the Americans blindly, really. And I just feel really bad for this government how... They have re literally destroyed years and years of development and they're just going to destroy their manufacturing. They're going to destroy years of industry. And, you know, they've burnt all their bridges with Russia and looks like they're going to be doing the same with China as well. I just feel bad for the German people. I just, I just don't think they signed up for this. You got this um, New York Post saying Russia suffering huge losses, losing ground in Severodonetsk official. This is completely not true. Completely not true, guys. And I'll show you why. So this is the Ministry of Defense coming from Russia. And you can see what they're saying. 
Ukrainian armed forces are retreating towards Lishichanak. Sorry, I can't pronounce the name. Apologies for that. After suff- suffering critical losses up to 90% in various units during the combats for Severodonetsk, realizing the impossibility to continue resisting the holding the industrial area of Severodonetsk, the authorities in Kiev have ordered the combined tactical group to plant saltpeter and nitric acid tanks of volume above 100 tons at Assot entity located in Severodonetsk. According to the plan of Kiev regime, the explosion of these toxic chemical reservoirs is delaying the offensive of the Russian armed forces by creating chemically contaminated area. (coughs) Ukrainian nationalists are not deterred by the fact that this terrorist act involves toxic chemicals that can result causing victims amongst innocent civilians as it already happened to the residents of Kremonaya and Ruzebeshoye, sorry. After the nationalist exploded nitric acid reservoir at the same plant on May 31st, 2022. So it sounds to me that the Ukrainian army is actually retreating and while they're retreating, they are exploding these chemical nitric acid tanks which is slowing the Russian advance and this is why you know you know and there's images of these um, nitric acid this yellow gas all over um, Severodonetsk and this is because the Ukrainian forces are retreating and blowing these up so this is why the Russian forces are slowing down and this is what the you know, the Western papers are reporting saying, oh, Russian forces are losing heavily and they're slowing down the advance, which is completely not true. And I pretty much believe the Russian side of events, really, because you just got to look at um, uh, how the gu- the guys in Kiev are being surrounded, they're being airbombed, and so many are dying per day. I mean, you can look at the Ministry of, Ref- um, of Defense report. So you can see here, um, foreign trainers who have arrived in a centre held by practical exercises uh, related to using and firing M77 uh, howitzers, in, the, in addition to missile attack that has resulting in destroying a permanent base of mercenaries de- near Odessa region. Moreover, 27 areas of Ukrainian manpower and military equipment concentrations were posts were destroyed and here you see in total this resulted in the elimination of more than 400 nationalists 20 tanks and armored vehicles four grad missiles launchers nine artillery mounts 29 miscellaneous vehicles so you can see how much um, ukrainian soldiers are are dying and this is from this morning i'll show you the day before which is just as bad really and the day before he says attacks have resulted in an elimination of more than 360 nationals and 49 weapons and military equipment including one detection of airspace control radar station and 13 Ukrainian tanks infantry fighting vehicles anti-aircraft missile system so you can see they are absolutely being destroyed. They are not just being bombed uh, from the air. They are also being bombed using Russian rockets. Uh, Russians are using artillery. You know, they have been surrounded. They have been absolutely killed. So more than 360 nationalists and 48, 9 weapons um, systems. So you can say about 360 to 400 per day dying. 
And apparently yesterday about 1,000 um, Ukrainians had surrendered as well. There's videos of 1,000 Ukrainians surrendering. So you see, this article is completely fake, it's completely wrong. These guys have no idea about what's happening in the war. And I just do not believe it. They're still covering this fake news saying Russia's winning, Ukraine is losing. There are papers out there who, who have stopped reporting this stuff, but there are still loads of papers which are reporting all of this fake news. And sooner or later, all of the papers will stop reporting all of this fake news and they'll, you know, they'll realize everything that they've reported is all lies, it's all fake, and people have stopped believing in them. And they're just going to lose all of the credibility, all of it. Anyway guys, I'm going to talk a bit about China now. Um, China is also my speciality as well, so I'm going to talk a bit about China. And so this is really good news. Shanghai is back to full swing again after it's been locked down for the last few months. And I can see, um, you know, I've seen a lot of YouTube channels, I've seen a lot of um, news channels and articles, CGTN. I can see how happy people are in Shanghai that they are allowed to move around now. They can go to bars, restaurants, and, you know, shopping. And I can see China becoming, um, uh, pushing really, really hard um, over the next few months. And if you remember the last lockdown that China had um, in Wuhan, and China has really, really suffered really badly in terms of economy, but they bounced back within a month. You know, this is the will of the Chinese people. They bounced back. They fought hard. And they did a complete U-turn. And it's a V-shaped economy at the time. And what it means with the V-shaped, you know, things went down. But within a month, things were back to normal again. And in fact, China was doing much better than normal. Because people in China, they have a very, very strong drive they want to do well. They want to be successful. And the fact that it's been holding them back over the past few months, it will give them a lot of, you know, they will have a lot of pent-up anger within them. They want to release it. They will go out. They will have fun. They will spend money. Um, they will push themselves in their businesses. I'm sure there's a big waiting list of stuff they need to do in terms of business. And they will push themselves even more. And I think this will drive China's economy over the next quarter and things will be really really well uh, China will do really well the West is not doing very well at the moment because of the high cost of living because of the high oil prices because of the EU's stupid ban of on Russian um, oil and gas as well you know e EU will have a lot of problems um, their manufacturing will be being will be destroyed um i mean if you look at uk uk has got zero manufacturing at the moment because of brexit because of covid because of all these ridiculous sanctions they put placed on russia you know uk is really really suffering right now their cost of living is through the roof you know inflation is through the roof so if you're a business and you're in uk and you're in europe you are going to be suffering the next few few months so people are going to be wanting to save money. They're going to be wanting to save costs. And the most cost-effective way of buying stuff is from China. So you will see a lot of companies still buying stuff from China. There's a, you know, because of the China lockdowns, I'm sure there's a lot of companies who have been waiting for goods from China. 
and he has drove up prices. So things will go back to normal. You will see a lot of orders um, because you can't beat the price of China. You, you know, you, when, when you're suffering from inflation and high cost of living, you want to save every penny you can get. So you you look at Chinese goods and you can buy it for really really cheap price, um, including the transport. It still ends up cheaper than making it at home because when you make it at home, you got to think about paying high wages. You got to think about paying high rents. Uh, you got to pay for really expensive raw materials, and most of the times you got to ship these raw materials from China. So by the time you make it at home, I'm talking about the West. You know, you'll find that things are two times or three times more expensive. It's much easier to buy it from China, and you can see United States. Their their trade balance is minus one point one eight two trillion last year. Look at United Kingdom is minus two to two to six billion in terms of trade balances. So they have been importing close to three trillion uh, worth of goods. And exporting 1.7 um, trillion worth of goods. Britain, you can see, is even worse. Um, they have exported 4.68 billion and imported 6.94 billion last year. And obviously, this year is going to be even worse uh, because of all the supply chains, because of all the um, high gas prices and many other things. And you look at mo- most of the other countries um, around Europe as well. It's pretty much the same. So let's go to China, shall we? And you can see China exported 3.363 trillion and imported 2.687 trillion. So they have made a gain of 676 billion last year, and this year is probably going to be even better. Um, apart from the last few months, but I think overall by the end of the year they will pretty much um, beat this. Um, so the, their trade surplus is looking really good. China is looking really good. If you look at India, for example, India likes to think of, think of itself like a superpower. And if you look at India's exports, it's three nine five, and imports is five seven two. So the trade balance is one minus one seven seven. So India is not. People think India is a superpower, but I think India is going to be really, really struggling. Very low compared to the dollar. It's very low compared to the Chinese one. Very low compared to the Russian ruble. So as India imports more than it exports, India will really, really suffer. Especially they have a huge number of people. So they need to be able to feed these people. And, and um, So I think India is suffering, especially this year. There's a heat wave going on in India. And this heat wave started around March. Uh, this is really affecting um, India's productivity. Their wheat production is not as well as they did last year because of the extra heat. Um, they have not been producing enough heat, uh, wheat. I mean, um, so India is really going to be suffering over the next few years, especially as oil prices uh, rises up more and more. And India is a huge importer of oil and gas, so they are going to be suffering. And you have to look at other countries as well. And I think 
you know, people don't realize how much money China makes from trade. And China is, is in a very, very good position in trade because as the Western com- countries um, have more inflation, the, as the Western countries suffer with cost of living crisis, people will want to get cheaper goods. And the only way they can get cheaper goods for the same quality or even better quality is from China. You know, it's much cheaper to get it from China. And this basically controls your inflation. If America or Britain start manufacturing all of the goods that they buy from China, you will see inflation shooting up even more. For example, um, if they start making, um, uh, I'm just giving an example, you know, to make a car in Britain, for example, it'll be probably two or three times more expensive than buying it from China. And I'm talking about electric cars. And even manufacturing of cars in England, they are going down. You know, America, Britain used to be a very, very good manufacturer of cars. And it used to be Britain's biggest export. You know, cars used to be Britain's biggest, biggest export, but not anymore. You know, the car industry in Britain is, is a shambles at the moment. Most of the um, factories have moved um, abroad or they've moved to Europe or they've moved somewhere in Asia. So Britain is really, really suffering in terms of manufacturing. And if they wanted to make an EV car, for example, you know, they will not be able to do it in Britain. First of all, you need a lot of raw materials. You need lithium and and all sorts of cobalt and many other raw materials. And China is the number one country which um, has that supply chain. So you're going to have to get it all the way from China. Then you're going to have to build these gigafactories in UK. And these gigafactories to build in UK with the high cost um, and high home prices, it will cost maybe 10 times more expensive than it would be to build in Shanghai, for example. Tesla's got one in Shanghai and they're building another one in Shanghai. Tesla would never ever build one in England because they know it's not cost effective. And, you know, It's very, very expensive, the land here. And also you've got to pay people high wages as well so definitely won't be very very cost effective so a lot of these countries will start buying from china again they they obviously stopped buying because of um, china was in lockdown but now that lockdown's over you will see uh, a big queue of stuff um that that what they wanted to buy from china they will, that will start going through again and also a lot of Foreigners probably left China during lockdown as well. A lot of businesses probably left China during lockdown. They will come back to China. They will always come back to China because there's no other place better. You know, there's no other place in the world that's going to be making you lots of money. You know, uh, China has all the supply chains. It's got everything it needs. It's got cheap labor. It's got supply chains and it's got the market. You know, 1.4 billion people, especially with you know, 500 billion people coming out of poverty. So you have a huge, huge middle class there. So people that say, oh, because of lockdowns, we're leaving China. Where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? Nowhere. They're all, they're all going to come back. You know, they're all going to come back. So China's lockdown has not been very good for the economy. There is also a slowdown um, with, with the rest of the world, especially with the inflation, the cost of living, the supply chains and the cost of raw materials. So everybody in the world has been affected, including China. So China's been obviously having the lockdown, so the last few months have not been uh, going very well for China. So one of the things they've announced is a major infrastructure 
boost. And during 2008, when the, the last financial crisis, uh, China actually did a huge uh, um, infrastructure boost at the time. And they built all of these highways, um, railway lines and high-speed railways and and lots of infrastructure stuff. And actually, that helped them uh, become... Uh, what it is today and he helped them avoid the financial crisis and looks like they're going to be doing the same thing again they have also announced um, they will be doing um, uh, a lot of work on the renewable sector as well uh, and they're going to have a third of the electricity which will come from renewables by 2025 so that's in about you know just under three years so they're going to be doing a lot of um uh, renewable stuff. They're going to be doing a lot of infrastructure over the next few years. So they're going to be spending a lot of money and hopefully uh, they will be able to avoid this slump. Uh, and it will help them in the future because one of the things um, a growing economy needs is infrastructure because the better the infrastructure is, you can move goods around. Um, if goods take too long between one and two cities, then obviously that costs money because the cost of goods become more and more, more and more expensive. But if you can shorten that distance, if you can shorten that time between two cities, they, they will be able to trade, they will be able to move things around, and, you know, the economy gets a boost as a result. So having high-speed rails, having a really good infrastructure, having very good roads between cities, it's only going to help um, China's um, financial... Um, economic stats and it's just going to help their GDP and it's it's good for their future I mean if they can get that done and especially renewables you can see renewables are going to be the next major thing and during the World Economic Forum you can see all of these massive CEOs of massive companies and they were all talking about how renewables is going to be the next big thing and the whole world is going to be moving towards renewables and to avoid climate catastrophe. They were also talking that it's going to take about 50 trillion to move into renewables and they were talking about how the private and the public sector will put their money in which means um, the taxpayers will have to also foot the bill. So there's going to be a big reset coming in um, there's going to be a big push for renewables and looks like China's going to be leading the way but we will see over the next few years what happens um, as, as you know with electric cars EVs you need a lot more charging points and these cars need to be charged so the world would need a lot more power and a lot more energy and you know China is kind of leading the way with the amount of energy that it uses it's also the factory of the world so it's got to power up all of these factories it's going to send you know sell its good all around the world and to power up these factories obviously takes a lot of power uh, China also uses a lot of coal but they will be phasing out this coal over the next few years there's three pipelines coming in from Russia for gas uh, there's other pipelines coming in as well from I think from Turkmenistan and and few other places and they're also talking about getting gas from Iran as well. So there's a lot of gas coming into China over the next few years. Um, they will be phasing out coal slowly. They will be putting more and more renewable energies in there. They're also going to be adding more hydroelectric uh, power plants as well. I made a separate video about this. I'll I'll give you the link on the description so you can see 
what China is doing in terms of uh, moving into renewables over the next few years. So we're coming to the end of the video and we're going to talk about some of the funniest stories of the world and some of the idiot of the day awards as well. And I saw this article and I just laughed really. Um, it says China must destroy Elon Musk satellites with hard kill weapon. So the reason China has said this, because if you know that, um, if you remember the Mariupol uh, siege, and even though the Russia had basically stopped all of the internet in Mariupol, and and all of these Azovs will still manage to send these video outs via feeds and update their telegrams and send all of these, they had access to internet, and people were asking how the hell are they doing that? Well, Elon Musk is the answer. So basically, they are using um, Elon Musk satellites to basically communicate with each other. And this is a huge security issue, uh, basically. And Russia has not been able to counter it. And Elon Musk has been online and very being very, very uh, cocky. Um, you know, he's, he's basically being really, really cocky and... And he's not been a very nice person towards the Russians. So the Chinese believe that he will probably do the same thing when it comes to Taiwan. Because, you know, if there's a war that breaks out between Taiwan and China, China will make sure all satellite links in Taiwan will, will be able, to, will be severed and nobody will have access to internet because they don't want um, information to be spread out, um, basically. So they're worried that uh, Elon Musk satellites will basically still carry on running in Taiwan and people will use that. And if you have satellites running over a country, you can use it as GPS, you can use it to guide rockets, you can use it for to, to send out propaganda. You, you know, there's a lot of things you, you can do if you have Internet. So obviously China will want to avoid that. So this is why China is looking to destroy uh, Elon Musk satellites. Um, they're not going to destroy it with weapons or anything like that because it's a heat. China's got a lot of satellites up in space as well. And they've also got um, a space station. So they can't destroy these satellites. So because if you destroy them, they're going to be blown up in millions of pieces, and these millions of pieces will be dangerous. Um, and 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 China's got a lot of satellites out there. They don't want to destroy their own satellites by doing that. So they're looking at basically some sort of um, uh, a weapon that will take them out. I'm talking about uh, EMP weapon or some some sort of um, jamming weapon that will stop these satellites from communicating with earth and i think that's what they're looking at uh, a hard kill weapon which will basically render them all useless so they have seen what's happening with ukraine uh, china is, is actually learning from a lot of lessons from ukraine they are actually watching from a distance they are seeing what works what doesn't work and if it comes to Taiwan, China will be able to do it their own way. Um, they will be learn. They do learn a lot. Uh, they are. Be they have also been looking at stuff like the Iraq War, for example. So China has been taking notes, and they will basically look at all of the wars that's been happening over the past, you know, few decades. And if it ever comes to a war over the Taiwanese Strait and a war over Taiwan then they will do it their own way based on what they've what they know and what they've learned. 
So, one of the idiot of the day awards goes to Ukraine. And Ukraine was playing football with Scotland. And I just found it absolutely ridiculous because all of the Scotland fans started booing Ukraine. <laughs> and I just found it so funny because all of the papers were talking about how if Ukraine wins, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter too much. And, you know, it doesn't really matter to the Scottish people. But when it comes to football, you don't want to mess about with Scottish football. No, you know, they don't care about what's happening in Ukraine. They care about what happens on the pitch. And they care about Scotland. So all of the Ukrainian um, players were pretty much shocked when they got booed. Uh, all of the Ukrainian fans were pretty much shocked um, when they got booed by, by the Scottish. But one thing's for sure, you don't mess about. You don't come in between Scotland and their football you know, they don't mess about when it comes to football. And the Ukrainians thought they could just walk past this. They will get clapped. They'll, they can, these Scottish fans would, you know, love them, blah, blah, blah. Um, they, they have got enough privilege in the world now. And people, people don't really care much about what happens in Ukraine anymore. They, the only thing they care about is the cost of living. And they also care about football as well. So the Ukrainians that who thought that, they're going to be um, greeted with open arms in, in a Scottish football match. They got absolutely shocked to hear that, hear that, hear all the booze that the Scottish players gave to the Ukraine. So I just found it absolutely hilarious. So the other idiot of the day goes to this trader. So this trader who was working from home managed to wipe out 300 billions in stock after adding an extra zero in one of his trading... Um, what have you not? And basically, there was. Do you remember the times when um, I think there was a film made about it with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? But but you know, there's basically rogue traders over the years in the 80s and 90s who have who've actually caused the financial crash and caused a huge financial um, issue in in the Wall Street and things like that. Well, it looks like it's happening again. Uh, so some trader he was allowed to work from home. And he managed to wipe out 300 billion in stocks. So they're, they're investigating at the moment. And a lot of people are saying, you know, the revelation is likely to raise questions about banks allowing traders to work remotely and whether controls and checks are in place are adequate. So this goes to show you, you've got people working from home, especially traders and stuff like that. There are some jobs you cannot work from home. You know, you need total concentration and sometimes I work from home as well and, and I can see the difference with when, when I'm working in the office and when I'm working at home. When you're at home, you, you're, you don't have as much concentration. You're not exactly in work mode. You kind of take it easy. You're a lot more relaxed. Uh, when I'm at work, obviously, you know, you, you're, you actually work harder. Uh, you're in a work environment. You have other colleagues there if you need any help. And but when you're at home, you, you do actually take it easy. You 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 become quite lazy, to be honest. I really don't like working from home. I'd rather be at the office. Uh, I'm a workaholic. I, I love being in the office and stuff. But I can imagine how it feels like when you do work from home. You do you actually do get lazy. Um, and yeah, so some people like traders, doctors, things like that. They shouldn't be allowed to work from home. I think some things you have to be at the office. You have to basically um, have that 100% focus and 100% concentration. You can't be relaxed in certain jobs. And this guy is basically 
could cause the next financial crisis. So, so they're not. I'm not sure how um, they're going to get this money back. Probably not. And I don't know what the impact is going to cause, but we'll probably find out in the next few days. So the final idiot of the day award goes to this article, Canada. Canada says China is harassing its aircraft near North Korea. So Canadian military has accused China's warplanes of harassing its pilots during United Nations sanctions patrols along the border with North Korea to monitor evasions. And he says... um. Canadian Armed Forces said in a statement that Chinese planes have flown so close they have forced Canadian pilots to quickly change course to avoid potential collision with the interception of the aircraft. And then at the bottom it says, um, it says here, these interactions are unprofessional and put the safety of our Royal Canadian Air Force personnel at risk. <laughs> Can you believe this crap? So let me tell you this. The last time I checked North Korean borders, it's not just North Korean borders. These are Chinese borders as well, because North Korean borders are bordering the chi- is bordering China, and it's also bordering South Korea. But the main borders are bordering China. So if this Canadian, you know, these Canadian Air Force pilots are flying across North Korean borders, they're obviously going to be you know, on Chinese borders as well. So China's not going to sit there and take it, right? You know, this is secu- it's security at risk. So, the, so they're going to fly off, fly their own planes and try and get these Canadian airplanes to fly a different way because, you know, they are basically uh, getting into Chinese sovereignty here. So what, what do they think? China is weak because you can fly across North Korean borders and fly across Chinese borders whenever you like. These UN sanctions are not against China. They might be against North Korea, but, you know, use your South Korean uh, borders to, to fly to North Korea if you have to. But don't fly across Chinese borders. Seriously, such idiots of the day. And they have the cheek to fly on China's sovereignty and China's airspace and they have to cheat to say that China's the one that, that's harassing um, Canada. Why doesn't China fly on Canada's borders and then see what ca- the Canadians say after that? This is absolutely ridiculous. Seriously. This is the most silliest, idiotic thing I've ever heard in my life. And this is why the Idiot of the Day award goes to Canada. So the final idiot of the day award goes to this article, Canada. Canada says China is harassing its aircraft near North Korea.